We, we want answers because we can't do the thinking for ourselves. And all of it comes back to the fact, from my perspective, we don't really understand sex, the purpose of sex and the power of sex. We make sex out to be this thing that, you know, well, you can you can play with it a little bit, um, but it, it, it might burn you. So like ease off. Like, no, sex is a beautiful thing. God intended us to have sex. That's why he made it so dang awesome. Right. Like We're supposed to have sex, but. We're supposed to have sex for a very specific purpose. Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. And this is the Pantry Podcast. Do you want a healthier spiritual diet? We're stocking the storehouse with spiritual nutrition, marinating on the Word of God, and leading you to the meals that truly fuel a soldier of the Lord. And this is Season 9, Obey. It's an acronym that stands for Obey Him Before Anyone Else. This season, let's look at how obedience and a lack thereof impacts our relationship with Him and with everyone else. Join us and friends from over 70 countries as we feast on Jesus, not junk food. You can even be a friend who keeps the show going. Become a partner at patreon.com slash the pantry podcast for just $5 a month. And now let's dig into this meal. Hey, what's up? Hello. Man, it is good to be here again. Always Awesome yes. to be on 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 the show. Just being able to talk, mash it up, talk to people who are just awesome doing what they're doing. And tonight we're gonna have uh, a cool conversation. Actually, and I think yeah. it's an important conversation that we have because I really believe that there's a battle being waged against the identity, against people's identities, their families, and honestly, creation. When right. we talk about what we're gonna talk about tonight, um, and I really believe that with sexual this with sexual immorality yeah. leading this this wedge in an attack against love, and that of course would be God. Um, when I look at the, was thinking about this for the show notes, um, for just an opening, I, I, it takes me to the Thessalonica church. Mm. You know, First Thessalonians, where Paul is speaking right. to the church of Thessalonica, he's telling them to live in a way that pleases God, telling them to live in a way that's encouraging uh, and, and encouraging them to do so even more. Right. He's also telling them to, you know, that he need, they needed heed to Jesus's teachings. Right. And I think that that's important, especially in the season of obey. You know, yeah. we're in the season of obey. And so it's like we need to listen to what Jesus is saying. And God wants his children to be holy. Right. I mean, that is his that that's the goal. Right. Stay away from sexual sin. It said it's how a person has control of their body, living in holiness and honor. But watch this lustful passion like the pagans. Stay away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, stay away from it, because I think what it does is it starts to infiltrate our minds right. and it takes us away from where we need to be. And really what that leads to is the relationship. Yeah. And I think in this this situation, we're going to be talking about sexual struggles with an emphasis on pornography. But that impacts that's comes in so many forms. It impacts right. us in so many ways. Um, and one of the biggest frustrations with any addiction is it's like, OK, even if you want to stay away, even right. if you want to heed God's word, it's one of those things where it's not as simple as throwing something out. It's not as simple as just, I'm going to stop saying that. It's right. not as, you know, it's, it's actually on par with things like do not be angry unrighteously. It's like, okay, well, that's going to be a big challenge, <laughs> except this one gets demonized right. a lot more than anger. And so it gets, you know, put under and all of these things. So we brought somebody on to help right. us with this topic. Someone that has done a lot of work in this field and who knows what it's like himself. So Carl Thomas knows what it's like to feel trapped by pornography, unwanted sexual behavior and crushing shame. He's a former 
former porn addict who's been helping others find freedom for over 10 years. And in 2019, he launched Live Free Ministries and created the Live Free Community app to provide a safe and supportive community for men who hunger for real freedom. He also launched Live Free Wives, a free support community for spouses. Carl is an ordained pastor, published author, certified neuro health coach, and the CEO of Triple X Church. He's also written a book that he's going to be telling us about. And his passion for helping individuals find freedom, peace, and purpose is only matched by his New Jersey directness, his love for family, <laughs> devotion to Philly sports teams, and infatuation with his white Jeep Wrangler. So welcome to the show, Carl. Yeah, welcome to the show, Carl. Thank you very much for having me. So I think I think we just jump in this. Like, yeah, let's like just tell, jump tell in. us a little bit about yourself. I, I mean, you know, we, we we've got where yeah. you're at now, but sometimes it's good to see where you were. Right. And, and and what pulled you out of that? What brought you away from the pornography? What brought you away from that sexual addiction? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. But, man, I think this is where people really have that struggle. I think in that those initial steps of, you know, the light bulb going on and saying, wait, 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 I, I, there's a change that needs to happen. Man, tell us more about that. Well, that's not a short story, so I'll try to keep it tight. But yeah, I mean, I dealt with porn and masturbation, all that good stuff for most of my adult life. Like a lot of guys, you know, started off as a teen. Now, you know, I'm 50. I know it's hard to believe, but. Um, <laughs> oh, we got two so of y'all. <laughs> when I when I first got hooked on porn, uh, the internet wasn't as, well, gosh, when I first got hooked, the internet wasn't even a thing. Right. But right. then, you know, early days and in broadband. So thank God I avoided some of that because if I had, had access to the stuff that the kids have access to now, who knows right. how bad it would have got. But um, yeah, I dealt with it most of my life. To be honest, until I met my wife, I really didn't care. I mean, I was also sleeping around and things like that. Um, then I met my wife. I was a Christian. She didn't know I had a bit of a past sexual past. She had no idea about the porn, got married, didn't get any better. Uh, big shocker there. Although a lot of people think once you get married, it goes away. Nope. Newsflash. Right. Sometimes, oftentimes it just gets worse. And then I finally told her about it after we had our first child. That's a horrific story. I'll share that for another day, but just um, her thing because of my timing, my timing was is about as awful as you could asked for. Uh, and she and I still kind of laugh about it, but I feel like a, you know, when we laugh about it, it's like, can you believe you were that big an idiot? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't believe I was that big an idiot. But um, anyway, got connected with Triple X Church um, simply because I was I was really in, kind of taken with their approach to things. They were very out there, very, you know, kind of challenging, shocking mm. in some regards. Uh, I've always been the kid that I don't like to follow the rules and I always want to be the the odd man out when it comes to, when it comes to things, especially in the church world. Right. Not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying that's always been me, you know? So I really liked their approach. It was so unorthodox, so out of the box, specifically with their approach to evangelism, going to porn shows, handing out Bibles, uh, you know, just crazy stuff that the average Christian back then, especially couldn't get their head wrapped mm. around it. A mission right. trip to a porn show, what, you know, what's that look like? Well, a lot of dildos, you know, so <laughs> it was, it was, it was pretty crazy, you know, so I followed him, but I was also still looking at porn at the same time. And through it, I would, I would call it a divine series of comedic errors. Mm. Uh, it was, it was definitely not uh, strategic on my part. 
I didn't lie to, you know, to get my way on the team. It was literally just a bunch of oversights that I think were God ordained, but I ended up on a missions team to go to the New Jersey porn show about 10 years ago. Mm. Mind you still looking at porn, no business being there. Um, For years, I actually ran the missions trips when I worked for triple X church. And that would be a no go. If a guy said, Oh, I, 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 I look at porn or even, Hey, I just got free of it a year ago. I tell him, wait another year. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't want to go into that atmosphere. It's pretty intense. Uh, but here I was going and I had just gotten into seminary. I uh, was pursuing a degree there. I was in the insurance business, but I just had this feeling that I was supposed to do something in the ministry world. Back then, silly me, I thought that meant maybe being a pastor at a church. Now I know 10 years later, that would never happen. I'd get fired the first day. So <laughs> Um, I mean, for real. So (laughs) at a training talk uh, the night before the show, and I'm talking to this guy who doesn't work with the ministry anymore, but worked back then, asking him what he does. And he said that he worked with pastors. Mm. And I said, how's that? And he said, it's awful. (laughs) It's like, what do you mean? And he told me, he said, hey, I, I work with a lot of pastors who are coming to us because they're struggling. And um, when I tell them that one of my recommendations is they either step down or step back for a season, depending on how severe the situation is, or maybe just take a a sabbatical, usually the answer is no way, right? right? And then there's conflict. He said, it's just never good. And I'm sitting there blown away. What do you mean you tell them, like, what are you talking about, right? And then he starts bringing out Thessalonians and Titus and all the things about the elders. And these are all passages I had read, but they just completely flew over my head. And I just realized in that moment that here I was, I just dropped, well, I didn't drop a ton of cash. I signed my life away, right, for, uh, for a master's degree. So I just put down all this money in the future, right, to pay off a degree to go pursue a quote unquote calling. And this young buck is telling me that basically, hey, man, you should probably get your crap together before you start doing that. Right. Right. So that was a that was a major wake up moment. And um, I've talked about this before, but for me and I, I think this is a big factor for a lot of for for most men when they when they get there. Uh, I like the word you use where you said perspective, I think, or, or what you say? Light bulb, light bulb, yeah, light, so bulb. light bulb goes off. For me, it was a light bulb moment. Uh, because I connected the struggle and what I was dealing with, with my eventual destination, my purpose. Mm. And I realized that this thing was holding me back and see when you're, when you're in that porn struggle and you're, you're, whether it's porn, masturbation, whatever, usually most guys are, are guilt, most guys and women are, are guilty of what I would call short-term thinking. So it's, Hey, do I, uh, do I look at porn and masturbate and have an orgasm and feel good right now? But then if I do, I'm going to feel a whole lot of shame and feel like a complete piece of crap. So which is it? Do I want to feel good, but feel bad emotionally, feel good emotionally or feel bad physically. Mm. And let's be real. Most of the time orgasm wins right. uh, because it's pretty powerful. Right. But for me, that shift in thinking was, okay, now the next time a computer, an opportunity presented itself, it was, hey, it's not about the, it's not even about the momentary shame or guilt or any of that. It's, do I feel good now? Or do I put off, and do I put off what I wanna do, right? Which is gonna impact my entire life? And 
you know, when I started thinking like going at this thing with like a long-term perspective, the value proposition radically shifted. So now it was an orgasm versus the rest of my life. <laughs> no brainer. I'll go with the rest of my life. Right. right? Mm. And so it was one day turned into one week, turned into a month, turned into a year, right. blah, 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 blah. And I'll say in the early days, early years, I wouldn't say I was quote unquote free. I would say I was probably more sober than free, mm. even though I was thinking and I had a much more awareness about my situation. Uh, but over time, the healing started coming in terms of emotions and understanding why I was going to that stuff in the first place. And so now it wasn't just having the the mental awareness in the moment to say no. It started becoming more about, hey, this just isn't really that much of a struggle anymore because I'm not by, being triggered by all these things that were eating at me and eating at my soul, uh, you know, in my uh, for most of my life. You know, so it was a, it was a shift. But. I do want to say this because sometimes people hear that and they think, oh, like, you know, it was just instant. No, like I have been down this road for 20 plus years. Um, I have been trying to quit for five or six plus years. I just recently got an accountability partner. There was definitely a ton of ups and downs. It Mm -hmm. wasn't one of those, hey, dear Jesus, please take this away. And then God comes down and hits me on the head with his like magic fairy dust and I'm cured. It wasn't like that. And uh, I've heard stories like that where, oh, I just asked God to deliver me from porn. And he did. Dude, it might happen. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I would tell you 99% of the time, it doesn't happen like that. That's just not how God works. Man, it's that, not, that, hey, I'm your, uh, it just doesn't work. Like I, that. I'm in a cool statistic because I got the fairy dust. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know what it was. Okay, so PTSD. Look, PTSD and pornography were just gone. Like delusions, nightmares, flashbacks, and pornography just—I don't know—fell off the planet in my world. It, it, it was yeah. amazing. But I understand this struggle because I do deal with men. But what I'm hearing in this is I'm hearing a lot of of um, this struggling, but not feeling alone. Mm-hmm. You know, and and, yeah. and 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 like what you're speaking to right now, and I think Michelle can add to that or, or add to something here. Well, but, I know, I know yeah. that you have a big part of your ministry is the community aspect. And you know, in Ephesians five, it talks about the power that light has over the darkness and you know, that shining light, you know, it's not just a lot of people, they want to say, you know, like expose it, expose it. And they, and they want to like point out and expose other people's sins. But what people don't always realize is that when you start talking about it outright in a safe community setting, you're shining light on your own things with the power of God so that you can start bringing it into the light, dragging this thing you no longer want into the light where you can actually look at it and actually get real about it, not feel alone, not feel that shame, but actually start working in it. And so I want you to kind of just let people know a little bit more about how community is kind of integral to what you guys are doing at Triple X Church and at Live Free Ministries. Yeah, I mean, all our, not all, but most of our resources are all community focused. We do have a one video workshop. We used to be associated with X3 Watch, which is accountability software. That's not ours anymore. Mm -hmm. We do recommend it, but that's actually a whole different company. Right. Uh, But, you know, Live Free Community app, Live Free Wives, small groups online, all these things. Yeah, they're all sources of community. Right. And that came like the focus there was just from my years honestly with triple x church being behind so many different resources and so many different launches and trying so many different things like software workshops this that the other thing uh 
But small groups online, which back then was called X3 groups, that was a brand new idea. I was like, hey, support groups online, could that work? And I, that was my first job, honestly, with them. I was a part-time job trying to launch this ministry. And they said, hey, we have, this, we have this thing we want to try, and we got some groups. Would you like to run with it? I said, sure. They, they didn't tell me the whole story. Some groups actually meant one group with eight dudes and one leader. So it was like to say it was humble beginnings is on a, on a Tumblr <laughs> website. It was awful. And uh, yeah, I just ran with it and we started recruiting leaders and uh, you know, it just grew pretty rapidly today. We have 60 plus leaders and we're close to 500 members. Um, but over the years of working on that end of things, plus doing all the other stuff with Triple X Church, I would just say that for me, it, no, hands down, the most impactful side of the ministry that I thought was the groups. Now, sure, I was involved in it, but I was just seeing life change constantly happening. Um, you know, we started off with 15 to 20 leaders that I handpicked, all guys who had already been through this and conquered it and whatever. Now, today, I'd say 95, 90 to 95% of our leaders are all former members. Right. They're all guys that came right. through this. So just seeing tangible life change is so impactful. You know, you put out a workshop. Workshops are great. We used to see the statistics all the time with the workshops. The majority of the time, they never get finished. Uh, I'm not saying the stuff in them isn't good. I'm not saying it can't change someone's perspective radically, and it's not an important part of recovery. Like you definitely need the information to understand the nature of what you're dealing with. Um, but it just doesn't have the, it's, it doesn't have, in my opinion, the same impact that being in a supportive community does. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. It's not just, Hey, I, I just need someone to pat me on the back. It's yes. There's a, there's a theological aspect to it. Of course. Uh, we know we were born to be in, I mean, we were created to be in community. That's from the early pages of the Bible, the first few pages of the Bible, it's pretty clear. Uh, there's many, many passages, you know, in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes talking about the value of having people with you in life and why you need them. Uh, I think one of my favorite ones, and I'm not, pardon me, but I'm not Mr. Uh, scripture reference guy. <laughs> but don't worry about it. <laughs> one of my favorite verses that I don't know the reference for is, I believe in Ecclesiastes, but the rough Jersey paraphrase is, uh, hey, Blessed is the guy who has somebody with him when he gets into a problem. Right. Uh, but man, the guy who's got nobody, he's in real trouble. And I think the Bible actually uses the word real trouble, yeah. which to me is perfect. Like how you can't say it any, any clear, real trouble. Um, so, you know, theologically it's, it's without a doubt obvious that we need community, but biologically, scientifically speaking, there's just a ton of data out there, studies and all sorts of research out there that shows the impact that being in a support group has in terms of like your mental health, your emotional health. Uh, when you're in a group situation, it releases oxytocin, which is a bonding thing. And people with low oxytocin levels struggle with often depression, impulse control, anger, like all the things you see people struggling with usually when they're dealing with porn, right? right? Those are usually common things. Very angry people. Impulse, poor impulse control, they struggle sexually. All that stuff is related to low levels of oxytocin. And oxytocin is one of those things that gets released, yes, in an orgasm, right. yes, when breastfeeding, but also when you're in a collective group. Right. Uh, so there's just a ton of stuff out there. And I, I would go as far, go so far to say that if you're doing everything, 
um, trying to get free of this stuff. But the one thing you're not willing to do is talk to other people. You're probably going to be spinning your wheels for the rest of your life. Right. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. So back to the fairy dust, because he said a lot there. And I, yeah. I just want people to know, because he said anger at the end and, and all of these subcategories to uh, addiction. Um, I call them fixes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a fixed guy. You know, if it wasn't drugs, it was a woman. If it wasn't a woman, it was pornography. It, you know, whatever was in my way that could help me at that moment to get over whatever problem I was suffering through. Um, but, you know, the anger and stuff like that, that was something like, you know, we were talking about the fairy dust. It's like, but anger is something that I had to really work through. And, and like being yep. able to control other emotions was something that I had to work through. And that was, of course, through Christ. But as, as I'm sitting here listening to this, this community thing and online community. And, and I mean, I'll bet you at the beginning of COVID, people probably were like, does online community really work? And then now, <laughs> now by the end, of, by, by the end of COVID, I think a lot of pastors and people in the church are like, yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. we, we had we had a room for this, but I'm I'm also going to go back to this because you're talking about the churches. You're talking about yeah, I'm not that that church guy, um, but I think that we we need people like you. Um, I, I'm one of those that sits in a church that probably most people wouldn't understand my story. <laughs> like <laughs> like they, they, they wouldn't grasp the, all the addictions and all that stuff that I went through and came out of. Um, but God has me in there for a reason. And, and probably I should have been fired the first day I came in the church. <laughs> but but and, and, I, and I am that thorn, the one that's always like, oh, what, what, pastor, huh? And, and questioning, <laughs> like I do all that stuff. But uh, they but love I like, you for I, but it. I lo- but they love me for it. You, you know, over time they start, they, they learn. And, but I, but you know, how does that how does that work in 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 online groups? I mean, like let's say somebody jo- gets gets into this, you know, like you know they want to they want to live free, right? They they they're ready to get rid of this. Um, middle of the night, I have a you know I, I know somebody. It's like the middle of the night. It's like everyone's asleep in the house, and you know he get they get up, and then next thing you know they're on their phone, and next thing you know they're in the middle of it. Is there resources available all the time for 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 people that? Because I mean, at nighttime, it's it's, it's like when it strikes. It's amazing how darkness yeah. brings in darkness. Right. <laughs> how does that work? Yes and no. Um, yes and no. I mean, some of that is on the user or on the person, right? right. Like if you have, um, I mean, I'm never going to say that group accountability surpasses or replaces individual accountability, mm. but I would also say I have had people quit groups or quit live free community say, well, I have an accountability partner now. I don't need you. And I'm like, mm, no, right. one doesn't remove the need for the other. They, they're they both a source of accountability, uh, but they, in my, from my perspective, they offer a, a bit of a different benefit, right. right? So having that individual accountability partner that you can reach out to is great, but hey, listen, Brian might be asleep at two o'clock in the morning. He doesn't want to get your phone call. Um, our small groups meet weekly, but anybody who's in a small, well, at least the men and the spouses, they're part of, uh, they get free access to our other online communities. But that's one of the reasons why we did the Live Free app because there's like over a thousand men in there and there's guys on it all, all mm. hours of the night and day. Now, granted, if you're in the US, most of our users are in the US, even though we have plenty of international users, you hop on two o'clock in the morning, you're probably not going to see the activity you'll see five o'clock in the afternoon. Right. But it's always there. It's always present. Even if you can't interact with somebody necessarily, you're like in that moment, you can at least post something. Right. You can kind of 
get it out there, expose it, interrupt the thought. And then there's obviously content and different things like that, that you can dig into to hopefully get your mind off of it. So it's, it's sort of available 24 hours a day. And that was one of the main reasons we wanted to do something like that because we know this is not a nine to five issue. It's an around the clock issue. Right. Yeah. And I love that Um, you, Oh yeah. I just wanted to, I just wanted to say something real quick about the fairy dust comment because I just want you to understand something. Um, sometimes people think that it's a fairy dust thing and it's not. What I'm talking about is a very specific situation. I, I actually uh, we interview experts on our app all the time and I've had Doug Weiss on a couple times, right? And I asked Doug that. I said, hey, you know, have you ever met somebody who magically is cured? And Doug said 99% of the time, no. Uh, he says he has met a few people, uh, but, and, and I thought the way he expressed it was pretty, was pretty genius, actually. He says, it really depends on why you're dealing with it. So he said, mm-hmm. in his case, for instance, I can't remember what the other thing was, but I think he had drugs and alcohol and porn. He said, I found Jesus and the drugs and alcohol went away right away, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy, actually, when you think about it, because right. of the, meta- right. like, right. the chemical aspects right. of Imbalances. it. Imbalances. Yeah. Uh, he said, but the porn, he said, the porn didn't, the porn stayed. And he said, that's because the reason I was turning to alcohol and drugs uh, was to fill a, a very certain, like a deep hole in my life that Jesus filled and I didn't need it anymore. Mm, that's it. But the reason I was going yeah. to porn was a, was a different reason. Right. right. And so just because I met Jesus didn't change the reason I was going to porn. So in your situation, same sort of thing, right? It might be, it's not, oh, hey, I'm just magically cured. It's something happened, right. something shifted that um, that remove that need to go there. Uh, when I talk about fairy dust, I mean the guys that say, hey, I'm at my wits end, usually Christians, right? Yeah. I'm at my wits end. I've been dealing with this. I'm tired of dealing with it. I just prayed to Jesus one night and he, and he cured me. And it's like, well, again, maybe, but usually there needs to be something right, there because right. you're going to the porn for a reason. Right. If you haven't resolved that reason, you're going to end up going to porn again 99 percent yep. of the time yep. at some point in the future absolutely so no, no that's good clarification i i just talk <laughs> like, Ooh, fairy dust, that's he's cool. like yeah i'm the one percent in something I'm no because i mean like you said that void wasn't filled by something i'm doing it was filled by christ and and, and so it was like right. it was like because i had an identity crisis you know and i think that's a lot of things you know pornography and addictions i'm, I'm using this right now because sexual immoralities and all these things usually end up in an identity somewhere you know yeah. like like i'm i'm I'm, I, I'm needing something more um i'm i'm, I'm desiring something more and and, and yeah dude it is a struggle because like I, you know, like I said earlier, I have men in, in my, in that I know that it, it's not happening overnight and and, and it's crushing them. And it's like, yeah. well, well, let's work together. Let's, let's figure something out. And, and I think that's one of the reasons that we start, I started finding, I found triple X church before it even popped into my thing um, because I'm, I'm out here looking for these guys. Right. Where can these guys go? Where can my, the, the women go or whoever go where they can get help. So like Rosie, you know, is another person that we, we talk to a lot who handles, you know, the pornography to help women um, who have husbands. And then she also has resources for women. But it's like I, I, I it's just such it seems like so many people are struggling with this in, in today's age. Mm-hmm. I'm like you. I, I don't even know where I would have been if I had this in my hand all the time. <laughs> I, I'm like I mean, I remember yeah. when like Playboy and it's like, oh, I upgraded the hustler. You know, there there was still progression. There was still this progression. Yeah. Um. And and dude, today it's like, pff, 
I, I don't even know. I mean, I, I experienced a lot of it because, I mean, come on, I, I didn't come back to like 2014. Hello. So, you know, there was still the Internet then and it was readily available and it's free. And it's just like one of those things that just is amazing beast that just attacks people. Yeah, I appreciate that you were using the word sober yeah. and you made a distinction between actual deliverance and sobriety. And I think that that's an important thing to make as well when we talk about when God does snatch us mm. out of things versus like, why God are you not taking this away and get it? And I think you brought it up beautifully about it's God is in the business of healing our roots he will rip things mm-hmm. out of the ground. But if it's something that cannot be ripped out of the ground, like relationship, because relationship in itself is godly, but the roots are tainted, then he wants to fix the disease that's affecting the roots. And so until that happens, mm-hmm. the leaves aren't going to look pretty. The, the plant's going right. to look weak. And so rather than asking for God to take the symptoms, because I mean, even back in the day, there were people following him because their symptoms were taking away. But the people that were really about it were the ones who were like there for more than just the visible healing. And they they sustain. And I think that that's important. And that brings me to the question of the like the the local church body, because I think that there are a lot of ways that I'm only speaking to like, quote unquote, the Western church. I'll even say the American church when I say this, because I can relate to that. But in the church, there's a lot of things where it's, I think um, one of the things I've seen associated with like one of your interviews was um, don't ask, don't tell, right? And Mm -hmm. there's, and I'm interested in what your perspective and opinion is on this, given all the context, because when it comes to sexual sin and struggles, it's such a carnal thing. So is money and so and things like that. But for some reason, because of all the different layers and cultural, societal, everything, we don't talk about it much. And it can cause people to stumble when you do. Right. Like a woman shouldn't stand up in, a, in the midst of tons of men and be like, I struggle with pornography. Too. That's not the best place. But where is like what advice do you do? Like, do you have for the local church for when is it best because some people just, they need those so, like social cues. Like they need mm. help with that. When is it best to kind of still maintain the don't ask, don't tell in a, in a church environment? And when is it like, no, this is a safe, this should be a safe place within the local church where we should prepare ourselves to be that, yes, we, you can tell. And sometimes we can ask and we want to normalize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so honestly, I would say, Outside of the one situation, like you said, so yeah, if you're in a recovery group with a bunch of guys who struggle with porn, you probably shouldn't have a woman, you shouldn't co-mingle women's and men's recovery groups. It'll just keep triggering each other. Right. right? Uh, That's unfortunate, but it is reality. Outside of that unique situation, my opinion is I don't think there is a good time for don't ask, don't tell. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just my thoughts. Um, there's I in the book. So I wrote a book called when shame gets real and the whole it's the, the subtitle is a new way to talk about sex, porn and masturbation. Uh, and the spoiler alert is that it's not a new way. Right? <laughs> the new way is just talking about Amen. It. that's the new way. Like we don't talk about it. So it is new, but it's really not. Right, it's right. been around forever. Right. Uh, we just don't talk about it the way we need to talk about it. And um, it, it sets us up for all sorts of problems. Right. But it, it really should be something that we can just talk about. Mm-hmm. I've said this 
I was saying this to somebody the other day and, you know, hear me out here. Cause at first, like some people hear it and they, their mind goes, not what I'm saying, but sex, porn, masturbation, uh, escorts, not escorts, but just unwanted sexual behavior, right? S- questioning sexual struggles or having issues with sex, all this stuff. It's normal. Okay. Not saying it's healthy, but it's normal, mm-hmm. right? It's a normal part of life. Uh, just like being overweight, kind of normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, living paycheck to paycheck, being tight on your finances. Unfortunately, these days, kind of normal, right? Right. Traffic jams, kind of normal, right. right? It's all, it's just normal. Right. And so when we, you use the word normalize, when we normalize these conversations and these words and these topics, and we talk about them just as a part of life, not saying it's a good part of life, but it's a part of life. We remove a lot of the shame from those situations and from those conversations. And then people are more prone to actually seek help because now it's not, hey, I'm a weirdo. I'm just one of the many out here that are dealing with this particular part of my life. And just think of it this way. Um, You know, I mean, you could go back 30, 40 years, right? Like alcoholism, drug abuse Mm. back then right? Admitting you had a drinking problem or a drug problem, that was very taboo. Today, not that taboo anymore. There's a lot of people that will just own it, right? Because they realize that alcohol abuse and uh, drug abuse is pretty common, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, you're seeing that with mental health now. We're like, now people are able to step out and talk about their mental health issues right. because it's becoming understood. That that's just normal. And I got news for you. The sex, porn, and all that stuff, masturbation, the, the good parts of sex and also the bad parts of sex, it's all normal. Yeah. It's just normal. And and when we can and we can approach it that way, we're going to see a lot more conversations open up. We're going to see a lot more people f- feeling freer to actually seek help because it's not that big a deal. Yeah. But in the church with sex, that's the one area that even though it's normal, we still like to treat it like it's abnormal. Right. right? So you'll be in your small group. It It's not that odd to have some guy say, yeah, you know, I put on about 50 pounds. I need to go to the gym, you know, uh, not that uncommon. Right. Or, Hey, can you give us, can you pray for us? We're, we're a little tight on finances this month. Me and my wife, like not that big a deal. No one cares. Like, it's, Oh yeah, yeah, sure. We'll pray. Yeah. What, what can we do for you? But how many times you've heard a couple say uh, in, in a small group, Hey, listen, me and my wife, are kind of struggling sexually right now. Like we're not connecting and we're having hard times building intimacy and, and, uh, you know, the romance is just kind of like on, on the, it's kind of on the fizzle right now. Mm -hmm. You don't hear that. Right. 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 It's normal. Mm -hmm. A lot of marriages out there, unfortunately, very impactful. They're not that good. Right. right? Unfortunately, like, but we don't talk about that because that's not seen as normal. That's seen as, you know, weird. And it's not weird. It's just part of life. Uh, you know, it, it, and it does go back because the Apostle Paul sat there and, and said it. He's like, look, it's better not to have a wife. <laughs> you know, he's like, it's better not to have a wife. It's going to be but, some stuff. you know what? The struggle <laughs> is real. Look, the struggle is real. So, so you need a up. wife. And then he even gets even deeper into that conversation. And he's telling them, and you need to be taking care of one another. Yeah. Now, that's not just like pound it and walk out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but like, you know, on that, all those levels. But intimacy is one of those levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and that's why at the beginning of this, I'm like, this is a battle. This is really a battle. 
um, that, that has been waged against, you know, because society these days, man, I, I don't know how many kids I run into when I'm out talking to people on the street or just hanging out, you know, trying to make connections and stuff. They're like, oh, that's just normal. Like porn, man, it's not doing nothing to me. It's okay. So what would you say to someone like that who's like, nah, man, you know, porn's good, man. It's cool. What what does that really do to the relationship or to future relationships? Yeah, I mean, often when I get involved in conversations about pornography and even with my own kids, I generally do stay away from a lot of the, uh, this is sin and that's bad right. talk. And I just try to approach it from a health perspective and like what's what's ideal. So if uh, with my son, we had a, I talk about this in the book is I've had a lot of people say that's their favorite part of the book, honestly, mm. but I, I detail out our whole conversation, first conversation about masturbation and you know, the way I approach it, I think would make some people's minds probably like, what you told him what, uh, but I led that conversation with basically, Hey, let me tell you about the first time I masturbated. Right. And we just, we just broke it down and got into it. But I explained to him, I told him, Hey, look, you know, masturbation, you know, orgasms feel pretty darn good, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but then I, I dumbed it down cause he's 13 or 12 at the time. But, and we've been, we were talking about sex and porn much earlier age, but that was the first time we actually got into the nitty gritty about masturbation, which is my bad. I should have done that earlier, but yeah, I kind of explained to him the mental, the mental health aspects to it and, and the effects it has on your brain and how, you know, when you do these things that feel really good, eventually your brain's going to make the connections that, Hey, when anything feels bad, this makes me feel good. So I'm mm. going to go to this. And, you know, you're a young kid, you're active. When you have a bad day at school, you go out and you shoot hoops for two hours to blow off steam. And you know what, that's really healthy and it's helping you and it's a skill set and everything else. I said, you start masturbating. I got news for you you're going to stop playing basketball. And every time you have a bad day, you're going to go upstairs, lock the door, turn off the lights and masturbate your mind, you know, blow right. your mind away, but right. just right. masturbate all night. Right. I said, is that healthy? And my son's no, that doesn't sound very healthy. I'm like, no, it's not. It's, right. it's right. extremely unhealthy. Right. So I've had people say to me, what's the big deal about premarital sex? What's the big deal about porn? What's the big deal about all that stuff? And, um, I also, I mean, I'm not trying to plug it, but I'm, I also talk about that in a book. I have a whole chapter called, I think it's called Sacred Sexuality. And it's the whole chapter is basically on this idea of what is sex and what's the purpose of sex. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I think the reason we have so many questions about sex, the reason we have so many disagreements about sex, uh, the reason sometimes we don't even know how to say what's good or bad. So we have to ask somebody, you know, like I get people emailing us all the time. Hey, uh, if I haven't had sex in three months, could I masturbate then, Carl? Like, if I give him the okay and the it's thumbs okay. up. Right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like, yeah, I just put a call to God. He said, yeah, you're good, dude. Three months and one day, you're good. But don't do it before then. And, okay, <laughs> right. Carl said, I'm good, so I can masturbate <laughs> sin-free. It's ridiculous. And I'm not right. making fun of those people, but right. that's... No, right. That's, it that's true. It happens. Right. We, we want answers because we can't right. do the thinking for ourselves. Right. And all of it comes back to the fact that in my from my perspective, we don't really understand mm. sex. We don't understand the purpose of sex. We don't understand the power of sex. We make sex out to be this thing that, you know, well, you can, you can play with it a little bit, um, but it, it, it might burn you. So like ease right. off, like, no, sex is a beautiful thing. God right. intended us to have sex. That's why he made it so dang awesome. Yes. Right? right. Right. Like we're supposed to have sex, but we're supposed to have sex for a very specific purpose, which is building intimacy with our spouse because of, mm -hmm. again, going back to 
oxytocin and, and brain chemicals. Like when you have sex with someone, you bond with that person. There's nothing that's going to bond you physically to a person like sex. Okay. You hold hands, you get a little oxytocin, right? right. You get that little neurochemical shot. It ain't going to compare to an orgasm. Sorry. Right. 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 And so that's why when we do these other things, it goes so badly. Right. right. It's, mm. Well, what's wrong with premarital sex? Well, you know what? Outside of what the Bible says, here's the deal. You're going to be emotionally and chemically bonding right. with somebody. Right. And then in a month or maybe in a day, you're, you know, if it's a one night stand, you're going to be done. And there, that's going to leave emotional, tr- like emotional trauma, whether you realize it or not, it's going to mess things up. Mm. Um, even if you don't feel bad or you don't feel pain, you're going to have to bring that sexual baggage into your future relationships which might cause pain then like it just everything right. goes south. Right? right. So we really just need to understand why God gave us sex and that sex has a very specific purpose and it's not the way society and sometimes people in the church look at it is sex is a really great and fun thing to do. And it just happens to work best in marriage. Right. And that's not, that's not it. Like no sex is created for marriage to bring us together it's not just a fun hobby that happens to work best right, in marriage. Right. And that's why God's not this mean, like evil, you know, vindictive. Hey, I created this really great thing, but I'm not going to let you do it until you get married. Like, that's so mean. Like, why would you do that to me, God? You know how great this I mean, is. I mean, look, he was doing it before the fall. <laughs> he was, he like, that, it, that was happening before the fall. So it's like, he planned this. This is supposed to be part yeah, of his right. design. Yeah. But he's like, no, yeah, you're right. I, I'm not trying to withhold it from you. I'm trying yeah. to make sure that you get the best out of yeah. it. Right. And the way you get the right. best out of it is in the situation that I have set up. That's how you yeah. get the best out of there it. So go. it's not about me trying to hold back the best. It's about me trying to give you the best. But if you decide to go on your own and do your own thing, you're not going to experience the best. Right. And that's not me being mean. That's you being stupid. Right. There you go. I love that you went there because I think that there's nothing wrong. Like some people would be like, oh, my gosh, but like but it is a sin. So why can't you say that? And that's not again, that's not the point in the same way that the New Testament reveals that just reading the letter of the law is not enough to change hearts. And he's showing over and over. I said, yeah, don't have don't commit adultery. And you took that very literally because it's written down and you and you were and you punished people for physically having sex. But I'm going to tell you that just looking at her with lustful eyes is the exact same thing. So he shows us over and over. It's not just, hey, can I do this after three months or hey pornography is bad. So I'm just going to go read really steamy romance novels and, you know, read fan fiction that takes it a little bit farther. You know what I mean? And that's one of the things you experience in the, in the female sphere a lot. They don't even know they have a porn problem because we wouldn't call it porn. You call it romance novels, but romance novels, it sounds so nice and sweet and innocent, but you're literally reading a description, like the closed captioning for the porn your husband's watching. And and it's and it's one of those things where it's not about you should feel as much shame as your husband. But instead, I like what you said, like instead of just saying it's sin and closing the book on it and making people come up with their own conclusion. Why is God so arbitrary and what's good and why are the fun things, the things that are bad like this? God must want us to suffer. I love that you went there because the the thing is, when you lovingly sit someone down without fear of being rejected or embarrassed, that's loving the way God called us to love anyway. You go in and you keep it real and you let them know, 
you you humble yourself and tell your kids how it has affected you, how watching that has made it hard for me to connect to my husband, how him watching that has made it hard, like made him like more angry or more possessive or whatever, the, whatever happens. Right. Yeah. If you tell your kids that now they are armed with real truth of what it actually is in the long term, like you said, like the long term mentality of it. Um, Because that was going to be my next question. And then you went there already is is how do you tell your kids about it? Because people are always shocked that I found out what sex was and what everything was called when I was three. And it helped me actually be protected from the first potential like unwarranted contact I was going to have with a kid who was exposed to older kids. And he was telling me things, but I knew the words he was using. I was like, no, I'm good. I don't want none of that. But I wouldn't have known. Mm -hmm. And that was at three in the early 90s. I can only imagine now. So do you have yeah. anything else for like the really young kids? Because you mentioned your your son, you you told him before his teens, you know, but like mm-hmm. what like what other advice do you have for parents who are like maybe they've overcome it or maybe they've never touched it. They've seen it, but it's never gripped them. But they still have kids that wear smartphones and net, even Netflix is softcore or full mm. on. You know, like what what would you say for the for the sake of the kids? Yeah, I mean, I would say start as early as you can having these talks. Uh, obviously, use some wisdom there. If your right. kid doesn't have a smartphone and, you know, you don't have, he doesn't, like, if you have a four-year-old, right? I didn't have a talk with my son at four because he went to school, he came home. I didn't have to worry about him catching something on TV because we log in. Right. Um, I didn't have to worry about him seeing something on the computer because, it was our computer right. and he didn't, he was, he didn't go on a computer without us. I didn't have to worry about it cause he didn't have a smartphone. Right. Right. Uh, so it wasn't an issue, but I, th- my first talk with him was at six and uh, we went to, we went to Ant-Man. I remember to this day, we went to Ant-Man, the, the first one mm-hmm. and uh, it was great. And after Ant-Man, we hit TGI Fridays. I don't know if that's a restaurant out there, but yeah, yeah, TGI Fridays is a restaurant chain right here. So we go to Fridays. It was in the uh, same parking lot. And uh, we're eating. And I said, I said, so let, let me talk to you a little bit about sex. And he was like, what? And then <laughs> <laughs> explain to him. Pe- the minute I said penis and vagina, he just bawled. He just thought it was so funny. Um, <laughs> There's a family to the left of us with their kids. And I think they're thinking to themselves, the heck, like <laughs> of all the nights that come to Fridays, we sit next to dad, son, penis, vagina talk. Are you kidding me? But whatever, you know, right, 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 right. Lucky to draw my friends. But yeah, we just started having that talk. And, you know, it's just it's the constant mm-hmm. like d- bringing it up, talking about it. Also, my wife and I talk about things not sex right. per se but we also aren't we don't pretend that we're prudes and sometimes right. we kid right. with the kids like they're yeah. getting older so we we like grossing them out you know and um, i'm looking you know. at you like i'm just waiting <laughs> and it's day. like we we do this stuff though to kind of normalize the right. idea that hey these are okay to t- this these things are okay to talk about and um we can have a conversation about sex at the dinner table right. it doesn't need to be a certain time of night or a certain time of right. day and uh you know as he gets older i we get into deeper and deeper conversations, but it always ends up with, Hey, listen, man, if this happens or if you see this or if that happens, just come and talk to me. You're not going to be in yeah. trouble. Right. Right. It, this, this stuff happens and uh, parents don't want to hear it, but 
It's not, it's not if it's when they're going right. to see it right. guaranteed almost, unless you live in the mountains with no power, like they're going to see it. Right. So you need to have that conversation and the earlier you can have that conversation, uh, the earlier you can establish trust, the earlier you mm. can let them feel confident that you are a source of comfort and advice mm. and somebody that cares for their well-being. And then when these things come up, it's not going to be, oh, I can't tell mom and dad. It's going to be, who else would I tell? I'm going right. to tell mom right. and dad. I tell mom and dad about everything. And they always, you know, they're always going to give me a hug. And and if it is something that's not good or if it is something that's not appropriate that I shouldn't be looking at, they're also going to tell me that. Yeah. Right. You know, but not not heavy handed. Right. You know, right. they're just going to say, yeah, listen, that's not a good thing. Right. Um, we had. <laughs> I talk about this in the book too, but uh, it was just a funny conversation. We, we approach the same thing, not just with sex, but like with all sorts of things. So language is a big thing. Mm. Uh, we started talk, having talks with our kids at a very early age about curse words and language. And we don't use bad words and dirty. Like we use, we don't use those terms. We say, Hey, right. it's not appropriate. Okay. Right. Um, you don't use the F word. Cause just, it's just not, especially at your age, but even at my age, it's not appropriate. And, right. and there's a reason because, you know, it hurts people's feelings and it's not what Jesus would do. But, um, but we have these conversations. I remember when my son was in kindergarten or first grade, I can't remember. Um, my wife calls me up and says, Hey, Carl, can you talk to Hunter today? And I said, sure. Why? She said, his teacher said that he called a kid in school a dick. And I was kind of shocked. I said, really? I said, okay. So, mm-hmm. Gets home and like, yo, buddy, you want to go for a ride? He goes, yeah. So he gets in the car. We start driving. I said, hey, um, mommy called me and told me that your teacher said you said the word dick in school. Mm. He said, yeah, Moby Dick. <laughs> oh, okay. And he, and he said, why? I said, well, just so you know, <laughs> dick is also like a not nice way of referring to a right. man's penis. And of course, right. he starts bawling, right? right. And I thought at that point we were done the conversation but then he says are there other words for other body parts and i said yes there are yeah like what dude we went through them all i mean all right there are a couple where i said to him listen if you ever say this around your mom she might literally kill you or any woman you never say i'll kill you if you say this word this is not a word you ever say but you're gonna hear it Mm. and uh you know it was i then i told my wife how i handled it and she was like did you have to tell him those words (laughs) i mean you're gonna hear it someday right i mean what what do you want it's better he knows <laughs> like, right. yeah what right. do you want me to do at least now when he hears it he knows he shouldn't repeat it because right. it's not a it's not a nice right. word right? right so yeah um, but that's just kind of how we handle parenting with all sorts of things not just sex you know the earlier you can get at him and yeah. give him the right information and let him know the why behind the mm. what you know it's not just don't do it it's why you don't do it right um the better off they're going to be because they're going to be pre- be prepared for those situations when they come up I think that a point out of that that I took that was really cool was how you and your wife aren't hiding in the closet with your relationship. Mm. I like keeping it real. I like keeping it authentic. I like our kids doing this. I like what you're doing. Um, man, look, y'all check yeah, out his book. We don't try to weird them yeah. out. But, right, know. right, right. Right, well, right. You know, it's 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 fun. Uh, it's, we, <laughs> we're watching a show, Marvel show, uh, Luke Cage, before they took it off yeah. Netflix. Yeah. My, my daughter and I were watching it. And um, in, in the show, he refers to 
sex is coffee a few times, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like it, it was kind of like a running joke throughout the show. Yeah. And so yeah, my, my son wasn't watching the show, so he was clueless, but I come into the family room and my daughter, and my son are there, we're eating dinner and my, my, my wife's in there. I said, Hey, later on, do you think you'd be up for some coffee? And, my, <laughs> and I looked at me and she's like, ah, <laughs> so so what? so we're so here brother we're trust me we're so here because like not that i want to make it weird but it's like i think that it's good for them to see healthy but uh no yeah. man, look, exactly thank you for for coming on i, I yeah. think that people are gonna really really glean out of this and get something out of this and um i always give you an opportunity to say something is there something that maybe we didn't cover or something that we, you would like to just add in but you you've covered a lot of base so yeah I mean, I, like I, I would just say this, and this is the whole reason I uh, pretty much a majority of my thought process in terms of when I started writing this book um, was that, you know, especially in the Christian world, the common, the common idea is, hey, if we're going to see healthy sexuality and we're going to see people get free of porn and this and that, we need more resources, more awareness, more condemning. We need, uh, you know call out the porn industry for the evil people Mm -hmm. they are and blah, blah, blah. And I got news for you. Triple H church has been around for 20 years before we acquired it as part of our ministry. Uh, But they were the first, right. To, to, to really get loud about it. And back then there weren't a resources. I mean, there were few and far between and the resources that were out there were antiquated and awful. Uh, And 20 years later is, Tons of organizations doing this thing, tons of resources. There's all sorts of people lobbying for this and porn is evil and porn is bad. And I'm not saying it's good, uh, but at the end of the day, pornography consumption rates aren't getting any better. Uh, right. You're not seeing healthier sexuality in the church at all. So if more awareness, more condemning, more resources aren't doing the trick, then we got to be missing something, right? right. You, you can't keep was insanity doing the same thing. And expect the same results. Like right. you're missing something. It should get better. And I, I'm a firm believer that the reason it's not getting better is we still don't have. We're still not willing to talk about these things in a just as a part of life. Right. This right. is a right. part of life, and it's a part of life that some people get right, and it's a part of life that some people don't get so right. Right. And that's just the way it is. And rather than whispering about it or feeling bad about it, let's just all own it and work together to help each other out. Um, mm. And I think if we can start talking about these things more freely and not feeling the shame about certain conversations or certain, um, you know, struggles, I think you're going to see a whole lot more healing happen. But mm. until we can do that and we keep treating it as like this closet issue, I don't think things are going to change, to be honest. I think it's just going to keep going and going and going. And then what happens is we, as parents, that's why our parenting, my wife and I parent a certain, very certain way, because I believe that what happens is people that struggle with this grow up feeling shameful about these topics, and so they don't talk to their kids. And then their kids grow up feeling shameful about the talk, so they don't talk to their kids. And so we just keep perpetuating the monster. And at some point, we have to say, hey, this has to change. And then when we change, mm-hmm. when we start talking to kids about this stuff, when we start making this not a hands-off situation, no pun intended, right. Um, right. we're going to start seeing a difference. Right. Shining light in the darkness. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's so sense, not in like that religious sense, but like in that sense of, hey, when we bring it out, 
now light can yeah. shine on it, you know? And, right. and I just like that. I see that parallel when you were talking yeah. about your children. You said, you won't be in trouble. <clears throat> just come to me. And is that not why Jesus died? Right. So that we can come to the father and not get in trouble. Like, yes, right. worldly consequences. Absolutely. But when you are yeah. his child, you right. can come to him with anything and he's not the one that's going to dole out the punishment. The world will gladly do so, but yep. he won't. Yep. And so that's one of the things, if nothing to take away like this, the change of the conversation, mm. you know? So thank you again for yes, being here. Absolutely. This has been an awesome episode as usual, but please let everyone know where they can find you and the, and the different communities and resources that you have put together. Uh, so the book is the easiest place to find information on book is when shame gets real.com. Uh, you can obviously buy the book there, but you can also download the first chapter for free if you want to get a flavor for what it is. And it's not just a lot of people assume because I'm an ex porn addict or whatever you want to call it. And you know, the triple X church guy and blah, blah, blah. A lot of people assume it's just for guys struggling with porn. It's not, it's for parents, it's for pastors, it's for whoever right. it's again, we all need to open up the conversations right. on this thing. Right. Um, so that's winchangetsreal.com. Uh, I mean, we have a ton of different things, but I would say probably the easiest place to go would be triplexchurch.com. And then you can find links to all our different platforms and resources, including the Live Free Community app, including Live Free Wives if you're a spouse, including small groups online if the idea of a weekly online small group video base sounds good to you, uh, including X3 Pure, which is our video workshop, like all that stuff. You can just find it on triplexchurch.com right on the homepage. That's probably the easiest place to go so they don't have like 80 links to chase down. Right, right, right. Right, right. right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. And for everybody that's listening, if you want us to join in prayer, if you have any questions about this, feel free to go to thepantrypodcast.com where you can reach out for answers to those questions or at least we'll connect you with the right person. And you can always get all of these links in the show notes. So until next time. Bye. 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 You're listening to The Pantry Podcast, part of the Spark Podcast Network, now playing on the Edify app.